please turn your Bibles to 1 John chapter 5. We are looking at verses 16 and 17 today, and it's relating to prayer for the sinning Christian. Uh, these are verses that are very misunderstood. Is that a sentence? I think it is. Anyway, <clears throat> let me begin by reading verses 16 and 17. It says, if anyone sees his brother sinning, a sin which does not lead to death, he will ask, and he, that is God, will give him life for those who commit sin, not leading to death. There is a sin leading to death. I do not say that he should pray about that. Verse 17, all unrighteousness is sin, and there is sin not leading to death. There's a lot of death in there, isn't there? <laughs> okay. All right, we're going to pull this one apart uh, <clears throat> because it is important that we understand how to pray, who to pray for. And, uh, you know, there's a, a lot of people out there praying prayers. We can only pray prayers that God will say he'll answer. Remember that this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to the verses, two verses before this, according to his will, he hears us. And we know that if he hears us, then we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. Are you all with me? Now he goes into verse 16 and he says, now when you're praying, you need to know God's will. Because it's only as you know God's will can you pray according, according to his will and have your prayers answered. Are you all with me? Amen. So, you know, those two verses previous to this applies to so many things. And we understand and we went through in great detail what, they, what, what, you know, what all of that meant and what it related to. But now the Apostle John is, is turning his attention to something very, very specific. And he's saying, as much as you know about asking according to God's will, now you need to understand that when you're dealing with people that are in this place, you really need to be spot on in your prayers. Can I get an amen on that? Okay. All right. So... <clears throat> The reason I'm saying that is, you know, it's, I have heard people pray prayers that I just, you know, they just think they're doing, they're just being in love and they're praying and everything, you know, <laughs> okay? And, I, and as much as I love their heart, I, I, I listen to it and I think, okay, there are some things that you can't pray. It's not going to work. You say, well, brother, aren't you able to pray about everything? Well, you know, if somebody was, let, let me give you an example, not to do with this, but an example, a parallel, Okay, just so you kind of understand where I'm coming from, you know, uh, if you pray, when I say praying the wrong prayers, you know, say, for example, you know, uh, let me take an example that we all know is not true. Let's take Nelly. There she goes, what? <laughs> Jamie's going, yeah, use me. That's fine. But no, I'm going to take Nelly because we all know what a sweetheart she is. All right. So let's say that Nellie was, you know, a hellraiser, and she had her hair all slicked back, and she kind of had all her black leather, and she was riding her motorbike, and she was just doing some horrible things with chains and everything. You all know that this is impossible, correct? That's impossible, isn't it? Okay, all right, no. <laughs> uh, yeah. She goes, I wish. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, if I was to pray, oh, Lord, you know, just bless her. Just bless her. Just bless all the work of her hands. And Do you think God can work with that? He can't. Because it says whatever, you, Galatians 6, 7, I believe, says whatever you sow, you'll reap. 
So you can't, I can't pray stuff on her or for her because I'm being in love, you understand? And I, you know, I just love her and I just want her to be blessed. I don't care if she's hurting everybody around her. I just want her to be blessed. How is that going to speak to her ever? How is she ever, ever going to know that she needs to repent of something or something is wrong? Are you all with me? And that's why God can't do it. Do you, do you all understand what I'm trying to say now? The only prayer that I can pray for her is God open the eyes of her understanding, allow her to see the error of her ways so that she can get back into fellowship with you or get into fellowship with you for the first time or get saved, okay? Whatever the case is, so that she can step into this, stop hurting other people because, you know, other people are getting hurt too. I can't pray blessing on her while she's doing bad things. But I can pray that she realizes what she's doing, comes out of it. Now we can start praying blessing on her because as she starts to repent and come back or come to God, then we need to pray for crop failures, <laughs> okay? All those things she sowed, we need to start praying for those crops to fail and not go through. Do you all understand what I'm trying to say? But I can't pray that in, in, you know, in light of what she's doing and expect God to just bless her because bless God, I'm so sweet. And God says, oh, doesn't matter about our word. Roche is so sweet. Let's just give him whatever we want, even if it's against our word as if. Can I get amen on that? Let's move on. So you all understand now what the apostle John and why he's doing this now. Because when you look at this, first of all, you think, oh, but we're meant to pray for everybody and we're meant to pray blessing and you all know now why, okay? You get it now. I hope you get something out of that. All right, let's get back to this and to my notes. All right. <laughs> I've said that there has been some confusion over the years about whether the Apostle John is talking about spiritual death or natural death here. And although there is plenty of scripture that covers both these things, dear God, I, I said that because as I was going through the commentaries, I was looking at things you know, both sides came with a whole lot of scripture and a whole lot of things, but not everything was uh, in context. Do you all understand? Okay. And so when I looked at it in context, I realized that this was not talking about natural death. This is talking about spiritual death. All right. And we'll, I'll explain all that in a second. So I've said here in context, it is agreed that in these particular verses that he is talking about spiritual death which is defined as separation from God. Now, that's really important. Do you understand spiritual death means separation from God? Do you all get that? You need to get that, because if you don't get that, then you're going to miss everything he's saying here. All right? The idea of spiritual death was hinted at earlier in this chapter when the Apostle John said in 1 John chapter 5, now I'm going back to verses 11 and 12. So you can see that he is, he's got this on his mind, and we, that's why it's so important that we you know, compare Scripture to Scripture and also according to what that person was writing about at that time. Are you all with me? Amen? So that's why it's always important to go back, which is the reason why we're doing the entire epistle. It's important to know what he said so that we can go back and go, oh, yeah, he did say that. And so now if he's bringing this up, we understand that he's thinking about that. And now he's dealing with that in a different or in a way now uh, using these scriptures. Are, are you all with me? So he didn't jump track somewhere. Okay. So going back to 1 John chapter 5 and verse 11, he says, and this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. Verse 12. And he, uh, he who has the son has life. Listen, he who does not have the son of God does not have and can I add the words eternal life? Okay, because he's talking about eternal life. It's not just life because people that don't have the son still walking around living. 
going to get amen on that. Okay, so he's talking about eternal life, the life that you receive, you know, for God to love the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal, everlasting life. Okay, all right. And remember, again, it is the same apostle that wrote that scripture as well. All right, and so with all this in mind, let's go back to 1 John 5, 16, where the apostle John says again, if anyone sees his brother sinning a sin which does not lead to death or separation from God, can I say that? Okay, that does not lead to separation from God. He will ask and he, that is God, will give him life for those who commit sin not leading to death. There is a sin leading to death. And he says, I do not say that he should pray about that. We're going to take that verse by itself, all right? <laughs> so firstly, notice, we'll deal with the first part first. Notice that the kind of prayer that the Apostle John is talking about is one that's according to God's will, that we can confidently pray knowing that he will answer, which is the prayer of intercession. Can I get amen on that one? All right. It is specifically aimed at believers that may be spiritually weak in some area of their life and who need God's life and grace ministered to them. Let me stop now. Okay, I need to talk to you about this. There are people out there that are weak in certain things. You know, we all have weaknesses. Can I just say that? Okay, so this is for all of us. Yours truly included. <gasps> I thought you were the fourth member of God. There is no such thing. <laughs> I'm, all, I'm with you, <laughs> okay? You think about praying for me, can you please do so? Uh, that's all I'll say, <laughs> okay? Yeah, we're all struggling, man. I mean, we all got caught. I mean, there, there are people out there that wear funny robes and backward, you know, collars and everything, and they look like they're separate from everything, and they're the worst offenders, and there's no one that is, that is excluded from that curse. Amen. You know, the first thing, you know, they always talk about, you know, before you can ever recover, the first thing is to admit you got a problem. We all have a sin problem. All of us. Amen. I mean, it may not be massive sins, but we, you know, just in the little things, and I don't want to go into this because it's a whole other thing in itself, but, you know, it just, some days you just have a bad thought. Amen. We, you know, you can sin with your thoughts. And in fact, that's where the Bible says you should catch it. Not when you do it, but when you think about it first up. You need to go sorry for that thought. If you repent over the thought, you'll never have to repent over the deed. Oh, that's gold. Anyway, never mind. Let's move, <laughs> Let's move on. So we need to understand something here. That there are people that are maybe especially susceptible to certain things. You know, where you and I may be sort of a little bit more resilient to certain things. You know, you look at them and you kind of go, okay, they're not going to do so well. That's not a place to stand there and go, well, watch this. They're going to sin. You just watch. I just tell you. Don't prophesy stuff like that. I know our flesh just wants to come out and say it. But <laughs> it's in times like that we need to pray for those people. We need to say, God, I have a feeling they're going to go do something dumb. Okay, so I'm just going to pray for your wisdom, for your strength, for your Holy Spirit to intervene, whatever it is, that it, anything that they need, or maybe somebody that will come across their path that they will listen to. Do you know that is one of the most powerful prayers you can pray is God send them somebody they'll listen to. Because, you know, sometimes a husband telling a wife or a wife telling a husband or a spouse telling another spouse doesn't always work. I know why. Because nobody wants to feel obligated. 
And they don't want to give anybody part, not that anything like that happens here. But this is what happens in the world. This is how they think even, and when I say the world, I'm talking about not only the world, but worldly Christians as well. They don't want ever to have, you know, their partner or whatever be able to say, well, I'm the one that (laughs) set them straight. If not for me, there would be a mess. Hello? And some partners love doing that. Again, nobody here. But I'm just saying that there are people out there. So, of course, the partner isn't going to listen to what they say because they don't want that happening for the rest of their life. Come on now. Are you all with me? Okay. So that's, you know, we need to be, (laughs) that's why people don't want to do it. So that's why one of the most powerful prayers you can pray is God send them somebody they listen to. Somebody that they don't feel, you know, uh, they're going to be obligated to. That's not going to hold this over them. That they feel safe with. And then they will listen and then they will do. And then they will be blessed. Hallelujah. See, It is not about, oh, another notch on our belt. It's about whatever we need to do to get that. um, We're talking about the sinning Christian brother and sister, okay? Whatever it takes to get them from where they they are to where they need to be. Amen? And you don't have to be, you don't. And please, let me say this while I'm on that. Don't tell, once they get there, don't say, oh, it was I that prayed for you. I pray the laborer would come across your path. And oh, look, they did. That's it. God's never going to talk to you again. <laughs> no, no, he will. But you, know, you now need to repent. <clears throat> Are you all with me? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, never mind. Let's continue on. <sighs> Where was I? Yes. This, of course, is not the sin that leads to spiritual death. Or separation from God. Now I'm talking about a, a, a believer that is weak in some area that will not lead to death. Okay, all right. Or, or separation from God. Not, and I'll, I'll discuss that in more in just a minute. It will all make sense in a minute. Let me just get there. Uh, <clears throat> which the full life study Bible describes as this is talking about separation from God or spiritual death in this case. Sin so terrible that they indicate a purposeful rebellion against God and his word resulting from or leading to spiritual death and separation from the life of God. This is, this is very specific, okay? We're talking about not just spiritual death, but separation from the life of God. You might say, well, this sounds very extreme. Yes, it is. So let's go and see what he's talking about here by going back to 1 John chapter 3. Remember I told you all of this is tied together. And we're going to read from verses 7 through 10. I want to remind you of something as we move forward because he's talking about something very significant right now. He's talking about something that is very serious right now. Can I use that word? Okay. Let's see what he's talking about. Remember, again, you can't take stuff like this and apply it to other epistles and say, see, you know, Paul talked about this and now John's saying this and because John's saying this, now that's what it means. It's no, 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 no. you got to go back to what John said before and then you can see what John is saying after and tie them together. Can we do that? Okay, because I don't want anybody leaving this place and going and say, that's it. I'm not, you know, praying for my dirty old relative anymore. <laughs> I don't care if they're a Christian, but rah, rah, rah. don't. Okay, let's, let's, let's deal with this very quickly. All right, First John chapter 3. I know we have to go back, but it's important. Verses 7 through 10. Remember the apostle John wrote there and said, little children, let no one deceive you. 
He who practices righteousness, the word practices is key there, by the way, okay, makes a, a life of, okay? Practices righteousness is righteous just as he is righteous. Can I say this? As much as you guys, you know, might sin here and there, your, your practice is righteousness. You don't want to willingly do the wrong thing. Can I get amen on that? Okay, all right. Verse 8, he who sins, watch this, remember he says is of the devil, and then he goes, he goes to clarify by saying, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. Remember again that those words relate to something very specific. And remember again that the sin being mentioned here is the sin that the devil committed from the beginning. That's why he uses those words, okay? And that is the sin of rebellion against God, not about doing something wrong, in the eyes of God, but rebelling against God himself. Do you all see the difference? So I can do something that is naughty, <laughs> okay? But I'm not rebelling against God. I'm just doing a naughty thing. And then I go, oh, sorry, Lord, <laughs> okay? But I'm not rebelling against him. And we're talking about rebelling against God in the way that this is talking about is that it is the sin of rebellion against God and his Christ these, again, were not ordinary sins. Remember, the devil rebelled against God. He came against God. He fought God. There was war in heaven. Michael and his angels and the devil and his angels fought, and the devil and his angels didn't win. <laughs> Hallelujah and praise the Lord, okay? And the guys that won, they're on our side. There's more of them with us than them bad ones that are against us. But understand that they are still there. Did you get that? Okay, people say, well, if God's such a good God, why is there problems? Dear Lord, really? We're back there again? Jesus said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He didn't say, and God won't let him. You're the one that decides whether he comes or not. Amen. That's why, the, you know, the, the epistles say, you resist the devil and he'll free, flee from you. Which tells us if you don't resist, he's coming to steal, kill, and destroy. And don't go, well, bless God, if God don't do that, you didn't do anything. If you see a piano falling on your head, move. M-O-V-E, move. Don't go, oh, if God wants it to fall, it's falling. Move. If you die, it's your fault. You saw it. You didn't move. You complained about it. <laughs> That's another thing. Don't stand there and complain for 10 minutes. You're dead. Anyway, just saying, you know, okay. Some, yeah, anyway, all right. <laughs> uh, where was I? Let's get back to this. Okay. So again, he says, he who sins is of the devil. For the devil has sinned from the beginning, and he's talking about this very specifically now. And he says, for this purpose, I love the latter half of verse 8. I love this. It says, for this purpose. Now, see, you need to catch what he's about to say in the latter half of verse 8 to understand what he was saying in the first half of verse 8. He says, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Do you understand the works he's talking about is rebellion against God? <clears throat> he, he didn't just come to die, you know, for, oh, I have a smoking habit or, uh, you know, 
I, I have a, a habit of speaking badly or what. He came to destroy the things that the devil was, was involved in. Not just of your mistakes you were making. That's why it says, verse 9, whoever has been born of God does not sin. Now do you understand what he's talking about? He's, do you understand that he's not talking about not sinning? Generally, he's saying will not commit the sin of rebellion against God. Are you all getting this? Okay. <clears throat> so I've said, I've said here, whoever has been born of God does not sin, the sin of rebellion against God and his Christ. For God's seed, it says for, yeah, I'm adding some things in here so you get this, okay? For God's seed remains in him or her, and he or she cannot sin. See, you can't sin. This rebellious sin. You can sin, but not this one. Okay, he says, um, because, watch this, he says, because he or she has been born of God. When you're born of God, no matter how much you sin, you'll never sin the sin of rebellion, what the devil did against God. Can I get an amen on this? Okay. Really trying to get this across to you guys. Okay, verse 10. Now, listen, listen. Now, here comes verse 10. In this, in the fact that a, a child of God will not sin in the way that they rebel against God and his Christ. In this, the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. He says, now you can tell. I love this. He says, this is how you can tell the children of God from the children of the devil. And I'm not talking about the world. Side street. Okay. <laughs> Tangent. I'm doing this on purpose. You know. I have been introduced to one of the children of the devil that turned from that to God. Okay? And when you hear what this individual has to say, you can look him up if you want. It, it's a, a man by the name of John Ramirez. Okay? When you hear what this individual has to say, you begin to understand the children of the devil. I keep telling you these are not normal people. And we, we, sometimes we can't manage that in our brain. We, you know, and in fact, I'm sad to say, when I first studied this series out, uh, you know, ministered to by a word of faith preacher, they were saying that these are, you know, these are, this is the world. The children, everybody in the world are children of the devil. They're actually not. They are unsaved, but they may not be children of the devil. That's the reason why you can get them out. Do you understand? When we talk about the children of the devil, we are talking in the way that you are children of God and have dedicated your life to God. These are children of the devil who have dedicated themselves to the devil. That's why they're children of the devil. Are you all, get, you all getting this? Jesus identified these kind of people, sadly, as some of the religious people of his time that rebelled against everything that he said. John 8, I think, he turns around and says to the religious people of his time, he says, for you are of your father, the devil. He sinned from the beginning. You have murder in your heart, basically. It's on there. Okay, uh, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. But you, you know, he was saying to those people that rejected everything he said, that twisted everything he said, that weren't repentant one bit, and wanted to continue on their way doing what they wanted to do, even to the point of murdering him and calling it God's will. And he said, you are going to end up in hell where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And he said, you're going to look up and see Abraham and Isaac and you know all of the, all of the patrons, the people that you said you were children of, and not be a part of that. 
because of this kind of rebellion. Do you all get me now? You know, sometimes some religious people are the worst. Can I just say that and drop the mic there and walk off? Okay, all right. They're just, they're just so bad. Do you know why? Because once you get to a certain point, the devil sees you as a real threat. So he has to do something about that. And so what he'll do is he'll take you from a relationship and turn the needle to religion. And if you can get you out of relationship and into religion, he's got you. Now you're working for him and don't even realize it. Or you'll know in the things that you are doing. After a while, you'll figure it out. But again, none of this, none of this falls in the category of sins that you might commit, even habitual sins that are not rebellion against God. Do you all get the difference? Please get the difference. Otherwise, these scriptures are, people are going to preach this stuff and you're going to get the wrong thing out of this. Okay? Amen? All right. Remember again, if you're reading the epistle of John, read the whole epistle. Read everything. Go to the beginning. See what he said at the beginning. He's talking about the children of God and the children of the devil. Now he's saying there are certain people that you can't pray for. Do you understand why now? Because they're in rebellion against God. How can you pray when God is the one trying to help them and they're in rebellion to get rebellion against the help on purpose? Get it? But there are all these other ones that are sinning that can be brought into the kingdom. Pray. I don't care how nasty they are. Pray. Amen. Whew. Right now we can move on. So, <laughs> I've said, and these sins of rebellion against God and his Christ manifest in the form of false prophets and antichrists, which the apostle John went on, went on to warn us about in 1 John chapter 4. So we move forward one chapter from chapter 3 to chapter 4, and we read in verses 1 through 3. We could keep reading, but I'm going to stop at verse 3 because verse 5 has a significant scripture as well. But again, this is, you know, it's a lot to get through. We're not going to do the whole epistle again. All right, but <laughs> 1 John chapter 4, verse one he says beloved remember he said do not believe every spirit but test the spirits I, I spent a lot of time on this before but let me just take a moment out to so you understand what this is talking about I said to you before remember he didn't say test the people he said test the spirit you need to check to see what spirit they're of people can be really sweet and be of a demonic spirit are you all with me? And some people can be rough as nuts. I don't know. Is that a thing? Anyway, very rough. <laughs> okay. And the spirit is of God. <clears throat> you know, I recognized that when I was at school, I was very unpopular with some of my religious Christian friends because of it. Because, <laughs> because they would see the outside. They would hear people swearing. Go, oh, swearing, you know. <clears throat> and they would just stay away from people like that. <clears throat> I had several gr groups of friends. I had a Christian group of friends. I had a non-Christian group of friends. All here? Okay, because they were nice people. And how are you ever going to save someone if you keep or stay away from them? Hello. Is that like Salvation 101? You know, Evangelism 101? Amen? Okay. So, you know, for me, I always looked on the heart. I didn't care what was coming out of their mouth. I looked on the heart. And some of my, I'm sad to say some of my Christian friends were terrible. The way they judge people, the way they would be holier than thou, and all of those sort of things. Are you all with me? 
Some were gorgeous and sweet, okay, obviously. But then there were other people on this side that were terrible, <laughs> okay? They spoke badly and they were bad, but some, some others that might have been attached to them, you know, even though they spoke a certain language, they were really nice. They were really sweet. And I still remember to this day, you know, one of that group, this is how I became friends with them. One of that group, because I was part of this group, you all know what I'm talking about, this group, the Christian group, okay, they sort of sassed me out, and I didn't take offense. And one of their friends apologized on their behalf to me. I thought, well, that's a fine thing. So needless to say, I became friends. And later on, that guy apologized. <laughs> okay? He said, you're not like everybody else. I said, I hope not. So anyway, so <clears throat> that's why he's talking about test the spirits. See what kind of spirit is behind the person. He says, beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. See, this is who we're talking about, the, the children of the devil. Are you getting this? Okay, by this you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. Verse 3, and every spirit that does not confess Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. This is one of the tests they had back then, okay? We have other things today, but back then the apostle John was saying, for, for the time that he was living in, for the time that Jesus had just died, for those that were denying it and for those that were receiving it, he said that is one clear way of knowing which ones are Christians and which ones are not. Are you all with me? Because the religious leaders, the ones that crucified him, rejected him, had nothing to do with him, and went around telling everybody that he was a false messiah and a false, even today, why do you think the Jewish people still don't know? Because their leaders committed this sin and talked them all out of it. Anyway, where was I? Oh, yeah, back to this. All right, so <clears throat> that's why he says, and every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist. Did you catch that? The spirit of Antichrist. That's what you're always doing. You're looking for the spirit of God behind someone or the spirit of Antichrist behind someone. Can I say even in the world, there are some people that God is just shadowing because they are good and he needs to get them from good to God. <laughs> okay. Praise God. Cause that's where the blessing is. That's where all the, the, the promises are. That's when you're protected. Hello. And you know, a lot of times people say, well, they're just good people. They should be okay. But you know, they are in, they're in a worse place than bad people because good people are a pain to the devil. Murphy's law applies to them. <laughs> if it can go wrong, it will go wrong because that's what the devil will do. Anyway. So, and he says, and this is the spirit of Antichrist, which you have heard was coming, and he says, is already in the world. In his commentary, I think I've run out of time, Simon J. Kissimaka writes, we might stop here, if that's okay, because we're going to go, yeah, we're, we're done. All right, uh, because after this, we'll look at the second half of that verse, which talks about the sin that leads to death. And when he says, I do not say that you should pray about that, can we leave that for next week? Because that one's a bit of a big one, and you all need to get that properly. So in his commentary, we'll, we'll conclude here. Simon J. Kissimaka writes, The false teachers whom Jesus, uh, excuse me, who John opposes in his epistle have gone out into the world, remember in 1 John 4, 1, because they are from the world, 
That's verse 5. These teachers have directed their false doctrines against the believers, have been disruptive in the Christian community, and have demonstrated their hatred against the church. Therefore, do you understand? Did you all hear that? Okay, their hatred against the church. He says, therefore, John adds his personal advice not to pray for them. Do you get it? He's saying, listen, if these people are going to damage the church and destroy it, don't pray that the work of their hand is blessed. Can I get a small amen on that one? Amen, okay, don't pray for people that are trying to kill you. That it works. <laughs> okay. Is that dumb to preach? But <laughs> some people need this, you know. Okay. <laughs> Those are the people you need to pray for intervention or... One way or the other need to be removed from the picture. Either the attitude or something else. Whatever. Okay, you just say, God, you do the thing. We don't judge anybody. We just pray protection and we move on. Let me say that and drop it there. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. <laughs> Father, I just thank you. Thank you, Lord, for everything that you're teaching us. And we just thank you, Father. For these verses, as we begin to pray for people, as we understand that we do have a responsibility to pray for people, but not to judge them. We need to be careful how we judge people. Yes, there is a certain level of judgment that we, we have to exercise to understand what we, what, you know, who we pray for and how we are led by the Spirit and so on and so forth. But we're not going to judge Christians that might be sinning, that may be annoying to us but that haven't committed that sin unto death that John is talking about. They are not in rebellion against God. There might be an irritation to us, but they are not in rebellion against God. And for those people, we do need to pray, Father, and we do need to hold them up, and we do need to help them get back to you or get to you for the first time. And you need to show us how to do that, and that's what we're here to do, Lord. Hallelujah. And I pray that wisdom upon each and every person in this place today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.